0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the NFL Road Show. Lindsey Rhodes here with a great guest joining me in just a bit. The only guest I've ever had on the show to score a walk-off touchdown in a Super Bowl. In fact, he's the only guest that I could have had that could say that. It's Super Bowl 51 star James White, who just retired after eight seasons with the New England Patriots. Most of that time spent tormenting linebackers in space. And putting up points for my fantasy squad's sneaky, solid running back play in PPR formats, that guy. And I'm eager to get his thoughts on other running backs around the league, including the ones who are taking over his job in New England. We'll see if we can nail down any kind of pattern of predictability with that offense. I'm not optimistic. I am optimistic about the Dolphins, though. One of two and O squads left this year, though the Giants could join them tonight. I love what I'm seeing from McDaniel. I have to constantly stop and make sure I get that right. By the way, McDaniel in Miami, McDaniels in Las Vegas. Ooh, By the way, that's also worth talking about Raiders 0-3, but we'll get to them on Wednesday's podcast. As for Miami, first win over the Bills in eight tries. Game was a complete and total statistical anomaly in the sense that Buffalo ran 90 offensive plays in a loss, while the Dolphins ran 39 and 1. The yardage totals, of course, reflecting those numbers. Buffalo 497, Miami 212. But the Dolphins' D came up huge when it counted, holding the Bills to a field goal in the second half. Of course, they also picked up two points on a safety off a butt punt one of two incredibly weird plays this week. The other one in primetime where Jimmy Garoppolo stepped out of the back of the end zone on a play where he threw a pick. Turned out to be the best case scenario for him that he stepped out the back and uh, got called for a safety. Probably saved the Niners five points. Anyway, back to the Dolphins. Huge win. Bills still look great. No reason to freak out if you are a Buffalo fan, though you would like to see some of those injured players back on defense ASAP. But I also loved Seeing that moment after the game between Josh Allen and Tua, where Josh kind of hangs his head on Tua's shoulder, I found that image to be incredibly powerful. And not just in the football sense, like Tua's consoling Allen after a game, which is crazy, right? The flip-flop nature of it all. But also in all of the ways that it showed that some of our old-fashioned ideas about masculinity and what that looks like, how they're kind of going by the wayside. And making way for different images of strength and male friendship and empathy, stuff that I think is a little bit more authentic and certainly more healthy, and I loved it. I don't know that I loved Russell Wilson's post-game interview, and I know I've talked a lot about him in the last like six months or so, and I kind of feel like it's starting to feel like I'm picking on him, and I don't want that because I genuinely think that he is a good person. But I wish that we could kind of snap him out of the thinking that he should look or sound in a certain way in order to come across as a good person, because it all just feels so inauthentic at this point. To sit there listening to him talk about how great the game was and dropping in phrases about battling with all the enthusiasm in the world, it just feels like it's off. And I wonder in a new environment in Denver with different teammates, is that working on them? I mean, we joke on the outside about it being kind of corny, but I'm not kidding right now. I think it could actually be to the point where it's possibly problematically corny because he's in a leadership position and his leadership feels a little fake. And I know that his intentions are genuine, but I cannot imagine that it is landing on other adult human beings. But maybe I'm wrong. They did win, despite going three and out nine times in that game, which is incredible, as is the fact that the Bears won their game despite having 82 net passing yards in the game. Total, in 2022, 82 net passing yards and a quarterback passer rating of 27.7. And they won. Jets did not win, but their passing game did set a record of sorts. It's not one you necessarily want to set. Joe Flacco with 52 passing attempts brings his three game total to 155 throws. He is the only quarterback ever to throw that many passes in the first three games of a season. And on a related note, the Jets have been outscored by 29 points so far this year. And according to footballperspective.com, they have been outscored by 437 points since the start of 2020, which is when Joe Douglas took over as GM. The next closest there is Jacksonville with 344, followed by Detroit at 282. On the flip side, Buffalo has outscored opponents by 373. So that's an 810-point differential between the AFC East's Jets and the AFC East's Bills. And one more note about the Bills, by the way, coming off the loss. They're still moving the chains on 82% of their four-down opportunities. It's the highest rate in the league. Dolphins are number two in the league when it comes to moving the chains. Uh, Eagles three, Jaguars four. So a lot of very good teams here at the top. And yes, I Included the Jaguars in that category. It's going to take some getting used to for me too. But how about this? Tied for fifth, the Browns hmm? and the Cardinals. The thing about the Cardinals is that they're actually going deeper into their set of downs before they convert a first down. Just 18% of their first downs have led to another first down. That's actually one of the lowest totals in the league. So how are they fifth in the league? at Chain moving rate? Uh, I'm very technical here. Um, It's fourth down. It's the number of fourth down conversions. The number of first downs that they're picking up on fourth down is by far the most in the league. It's 16%. 16% of their first downs on the year have come on fourth down. Just crazy. Maybe not sustainable, but I don't know. Also notable here, Vikings very good on early downs with 60% conversion before they get to third down. Uh Cowboys worst in the league on first down. They're converting just 14% of their first downs into first downs. But the Chargers aren't much better, just a 15% first down conversion rate on first. That's up from 11% last week, which was dead last. And that brings me to the Chargers. I know you're wondering, how did it take you of all people this long to get to all that sadness? Ladies and gentlemen, denial that game was brutal and I don't mean the loss though that too I'm talking about all of the injuries that this team is now dealing with moving forward so we already had Herbert banged up going into the game on Sunday and I did not think that he should have played in that game but Rashawn Slater now has a torn biceps, probably out for the year. And yes, the singular form of biceps is biceps. Now you too can notice the many times that injury is described inaccurately. Joey Bosa hurt his groin. JC Jackson has an ankle injury. Keenan Allen has a strained hamstring. Corey Lindsley has a knee injury. I am sad. So I'm going to turn now to my guest to cheer me up as he has done before in the form of solid fantasy production it is newly retired, three-time Super Bowl champ, James White. Let's break the huddle. Up, let's go! Two on, two on, two. Ready? Ready? So how is retirement going?
1: It's going well. I mean, I kind of got a little glimpse of it since I got hurt week three last year, and I was at home for, you know, six months rehabbing and all that stuff. So I kind of got a, a fairly good glimpse of it, taking care of my kids, you know, being a full-time dad, getting that full experience. It's been, and you it's still been a wanted to retire.
0: Yeah. You yeah. weren't like, get me back in this game
1: immediately. <laughs> no, I mean, it was dad. And then, you know, my body, after fracturing my head, it just couldn't seem to, you know, handle the strenuous, you know, work activity that goes on when it comes to football. So I had to make the best decision for myself and my family. And I think I made the right choice.
0: So what do Sundays look like for you now?
1: Uh, I sit back and just watch football and, Hopefully my kids allow me to do that as much, as much as I can, let them, you know, play. Hopefully my daughter's taking her naps as she should. My son, he's grown out of his nap. So sit on the couch, watch some football, you know, eat some good food. That's That's about it.
0: Do you do it with other people around? Because so Andrew Whitworth, who is also new to this retirement um, scene, he tweeted after week one, like a gif of him. He was like, I'm trying to figure out how to watch games with other people. Like it clearly was a little (laughs) bit uncomfortable for him. That was pretty much the theme of the tweet. Uh, What is that like for you actually watching football with other people around?
1: It's honestly funny to me. It's very interesting to see. You know, like my wife react to it, like family react to it. And it's just kind of interesting to see everybody, you know, takes in the game so much differently. Like some people yell, some people sit back and watch, some people say something every single play. But that's like a a player, we watch the game so much differently. You almost watch it as if, you know, you're a player out there on the field and you like almost overanalyze it too much sometimes. But it's it's fun and you get to see a lot of good football and see a lot more games than you get to see as a player because you know you're you have your own games to worry about. So it's it's been fun to see.
0: How much are you focusing on the Patriots and how much are you just trying to take it all in?
1: I'm taking it all in, but I'm definitely invested in the Patriots because I was I was just there a little over a month ago or so. So I know all the guys in there. I somewhat know what's going on with the offense, although they're still installing stuff in the beginning, but I'm fully invested in that. I have a lot of friends on that team. So I definitely want to see all those guys succeed.
0: What do you think of this uh Mac Jones injury? If he has to miss time, what does that do to this? Team? It's,
1: it's definitely tough for sure. Cause he's, he's the focal point in of that offense, but I mean, they have guys, Brian Hoare who can step in and win some games for you. Hopefully, you know, Mac isn't, you know, sidelined for too long because I thought, you know, he's just starting to hit his stride a little bit. That whole offense was starting to hit their stride. I think, you know, yesterday they are starting to get a little bit more explosive in the running game and the passing game. So it's definitely going to be tough. Hopefully he's not sidelined for too long. I know those high ankle sprains or whatever they diagnose it to be there, they can be tough. There's different severities for it. I, I've had it before. It's, it's definitely painful.
0: Yeah, it looks like Tom Pellicero is saying that it is a quote pretty severe high ankle sprain. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, there's different different strains of it and I know I know when I got it all I almost felt like I, I tore my Achilles or something but it was just a high it ankle. Looks
0: like sprain. that's yeah. what he thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's right
0: the way he was hopping around. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's very painful. Um I mean luckily as a quarterback, you know, you don't necessarily have to move around too much so hopefully that will, you know, allow him to get back on the field sooner than later but I hope he has a speedy recovery.
0: If it's not him and they do have to pivot to Hoyer, are there obvious adjustments you think in terms of how they approach things offensively?
1: I I think it's the same approach. Um, Like I said, I think they're still technically trying to find their identity as an offense. So I think it's the same approach and I think they've, seeing that they can take shots down the field, they can hand the ball to the running backs, and they could be special. You can dump it to those guys, and they can be special. And I think they can win a multitude of different ways. I think they just have to do a, a little bit better job of using everybody. I think get those tight ends involved, get Hunter Henry involved, John New Smith involved. There's a lot of weapons. I know sometimes it's hard to get the ball to everybody, and each week it can be different, but I think they definitely got to get those tight ends involved for sure.
0: Well, I guess the good news is that there is no one way for the Patriots. That's the Uh thing that all of us know from observing you guys over the years is that uh, those of us in the fantasy community who are trying to follow along (laughs) know you can't count on anything being consistent. Um, (laughs) I do a fantasy show on Sundays and the other fantasy analysts were like, play Nelson Aguilar today um, and they had all these reasons and I was like silly rabbit like there's no way you play Nelson Aguilar today like what looks obvious is never obvious and then they were like all day like well Devontae Parker why is it Devontae Parker I was like it's your fault they're patriots
1: you should know better it's gonna be a different guy every week just never know who it's going to be. Um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't go back to back with somebody for sure. <laughs> I think right? Nelly had 100 yards the previous week. Yeah, I wouldn't.
0: Is that <laughs> purposeful? Like, are they always going to pivot from somebody who had a good game, or is it completely like what? Wh- How do those decisions get made behind the scenes? I mean, I know that's like a little bit higher than your pay grade, but you were there for a (laughs) long time. Surely you picked up on some patterns.
1: I mean, it's definitely higher than my pay grade. I mean, I I don't don't even know what it is, but it just depends on the defense we're going up against. It depends what they're trying to attack from week to week and depends what matchup they think is going to affect the defense we're playing against. And Devontae was that matchup yesterday, and he – had a good game, and everybody was For kind him. of right, writing them off the first few weeks because he had, like, two catches or whatever. But that guy's a special player. He brings a little bit something unique compared to all the rest of the receivers on our team. He's a big guy. can make those one-on-one contested catches. Even when he's not open, he's open. So he's a unique talent, I think. I mean, he's going to be a feature guy in that offense, I think for sure.
0: I, I want to get to the matchup that was specifically yesterday's game for the Patriots. Cause they played a very good team in Baltimore. But first I do want to follow up on that thought process and ask about the running backs, because mm-hmm. that's, you know, widely known that like it's going to be a different running back every week and that they rotate people through that backfield. I told you before we started recording, I had you on my fantasy squad for several years because you're the only one I could actually <laughs> count on being involved because of your pass catching role in <laughs> your third down situation um what is it like to be a part of a rotation like that where they could go to, you to a ton they could hardly use you at all I'd imagine that that takes a specific kind of running back
1: yeah I mean you have to be locked in at all times it like I said depends on the score of the game depends on the flow of the game depends on the game plan there's a lot of there's a lot of things that goes into it everybody has to stay up to speed it could be somebody getting hurt you never really know and each week your number may be called a different amount of times you got to be willing to accept that and they like said when you're when you're winning football games you can you can do stuff like that if you're not winning then it could be a little bit a little bit harder to accept that's for sure
0: looks like Ramondre Stevenson is maybe getting that third down pass catching back work that you used to get for them um yeah, how do you see him developing in that way
1: I think he's going to be he'll be great at it that's what the the role that they want him to take over he's He's actually like a bigger guy, but he's very quick on his feet, like myself. And it's really impressive to see. He can can run the routes. He can catch screens. He can split them out wide, and he can run routes. So he's a unique talent, and only in his second year, he'll continue to grow and grow. But I was excited what I saw from him yesterday. I thought he got more and more confidence. He was getting a little little chippy with the defense as well so that was that was fun to see too but he he could be a special player I think Damien could do it as well I think they can use him more in the passing game too he's a big strong explosive guy both of those guys are like I said I've been able to work with them practice with them see how they've grown you know since they first stepped into the building and I'm happy for both of those guys I hope you know they continue to have a lot of success
0: you just framed the entire answer in such a Patriots way, by the way, like the the Patriot way is still strong in you, James. You, you said, so I asked you a question and then you answer the question without affirming that the premise of the question is actually correct. You said, if that's the role they want him to take over, I think he'll do great. Like, is this a specific training course that you guys go through there in New England, how to answer without answering?
1: No, I mean, it's true. I don't know if that's, (laughs) <laughs> if they want him to take over, Damien's, Damien's done some third down. He's done some third down. Ty Montgomery's done some third down, but he's hurt. So I, I, know. I don't know. I, I don't know. It is true. I'm it not sure what true. they want to do.
0: <gasps> you guys are so careful though. Yeah. Does he talk to you? But seriously, like in the, in, in preseason and training camp, is this, is this like a class that you guys take where he, where he, co- <laughs> and I'm not, I mean, I'm kind of being sarcastic, but I'm also being serious. I totally get it. For reasons. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like don't give anything up. Don't give other people, don't put them in a position to have to talk about the things that you said on accident. Like be careful. You got to work the system to a degree. And I'm, I wonder, because people come from other teams and then go to New England and all of a sudden (laughs) they change up the way that they talk. Yes. Is this like does, does does PR have have a conversation with everybody? Is this like a group meeting and training camp? How does this happen?
1: <laughs> okay, Bill, he talks about it all the time in the team meeting room. Just speak for yourself. Don't talk about your teammates. Don't talk about injuries. Obviously, you can give your teammates compliments and things of that nature, but you know, don't put too much out there where your teammates have to answer questions that they're not expecting to answer and things of that nature. Bill, always bring it up. Just speak for yourself, most importantly, and don't give too much information, obviously. So I think that's the most important thing. You don't want to give teams bulletin board material. You don't want to give them anything that's going to help them beat the Patriots. So that's another thing too.
0: I envision like a, you know, a team meeting after a game where you're showing like good clips, like this is an example of what to do. This is an example of what not to do. And yes. now for the media <laughs> clips from last week, Oh, they there, share that. good examples. Well, do they do that? Definitely.
1: Yes. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> He'll do it, he'll do it for other teams. Too. Like,
0: don't do <laughs> like, this.
1: Yeah, like he'll like coming into the the season, there'll be like somebody in the offseason saying, like, you know, we're gonna make it to the Super Bowl, things of that nature. And then like the next year be like, Yeah, that it, it sure looked like that. They didn't even make the playoffs. So they'll bring it <laughs> up like like you don't have to give yourself too high of ex- expectation for the season, too low of expectations. Just keep it even killed and just go out there and perform. That's what it's all about.
0: So can I ask you, am I even in a position where, or like, because are you, are you too, too immersed in all of this still? Like, if I, is it even worth me asking you what your expectations are for the Patriots this season? Uh,
1: you, can, you can ask me, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but are you going to actually tell me? Yes.
1: Yeah, okay. What Not are your the-
0: expectations for the Patriots this season?
1: I think they're a playoff football team. Obviously, if Mac is hurt for a little bit of time, I think that affects it some because you have somebody stepping in there who hasn't necessarily played you know, that type of football in quite some time. The Hoyer hasn't been a starter in some years, but he's capable of winning you some games. And Zap, he's a rookie. He hasn't done much of anything just yet. He's shown some flashes during the preseason. But if, if Mac's out there, I think they're fully capable of – being a good football team. They the first game, they let it get out, let it get away from them against the Dolphins who looks like they're a really good football team this year. Yeah. They beat the Steelers on the road when nobody gave them a chance to even win that football game and they played the Ravens really well when they easily could have won that football game. So, they're playing good football. They're in every game. I think they're a playoff football team. I think it's going to be a three-team race for first place in the AFC East with the Bills and Dolphins. He's got to win those tough matchups.
0: How did the dolphins win that game against the bills? Just so looking at box score, right? Like we all watched the game and there, there are a bunch of different reasons and they have a good squad and they ran 39 offensive plays and they beat the Buffalo freaking bills, which by the way, that's a separate conversation that the bills are now the Buffalo freaking bills. Like how quickly uh, things have changed. Right.
1: Um, but, But the bills
0: ran 90 and the dolphins ran 39 and they won that game.
1: That's just the way football works. Sometimes you just got to make the right plays at the right time. I think that that's what matters most, but they have a good defense and their offense is becoming more explosive to a seeming to grow into his own and making, making the throws that a lot of us thought he couldn't, couldn't make. So like I said, they're playing complimentary football everybody's rallying behind them. I think, I think everybody backing them on his team and the media and things of that nature, maybe that's giving him a little bit more confidence, more reassurance, but that, that team's looking pretty good and they beat a good football team in Buffalo, but they're missing, you know, some guys on defense too. Yeah. So, but I mean, it seems like they're going to be missing some of those guys for some time. So they're going to have to figure it out. Injuries do happen in football. You got to find ways to adjust.
0: So from a record standpoint, the Dolphins and the Eagles are the only 3 and O teams. Uh, mm. We could have another one by the end of the night. The Giants mm. are also 2-0. Yeah, surprising.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> trying to say that without giggling, but, uh, you know, it's entirely possible. And it is entirely possible because they got the yeah. Cowboys, and the Cowboys mm-hmm. have a lot of issues right now. Who do you think is the best team in the NFL through three games?
1: I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Jayla Hurts is – looking very impressive. Their defense is looking impressive more and more each and every week. The way, you know, like Darius Slay shut down Justin Jefferson last week. They, the Vikings look like they were going to be a, I mean, they're still looking like a pretty good team, but they kind of slowed them down a little bit. And it seems like Justin, I mean, Justin, Jalen Hurts is playing a lot more confidence with those receivers. You got Devontae Smith. He, he went crazy yesterday and a couple of weeks ago, A.J. Brown went crazy. So, it's, And they have a running game. Last year, they led the league in, in rushing yards. So, they're looking like a scary team because they can run the ball and they can throw it and they play good defense. That's, that's, that's a recipe for success.
0: (laughs) Is there a team out there right now? That's not the Patriots that if you like, if, if you were totally healthy, hips, not a problem, magic wand. (laughs) And, and they called you like, who would you most be intrigued to play for?
1: That's an interesting question. Most intrigued. Oh, that's tough. (laughs) It's a tough question. Trying to think Maybe of like court, a coach some, some court, that you some,
0: think would be interesting to play for, or a quarterback, or an O line that you'd like to run behind, or anybody hmm. out there.
1: Anybody out there? Oh, tough choices. Some I always said it'd have been cool to play with Aaron Rodgers, but they have some some good backs over there, so that might not have been the best spot for me. <gasps> uh, well take got, that out. Yeah, take yeah. that
0: out of the equation. Take there are no the running backs.
1: There's no, no running back. Every
0: running back is a vacuum, <laughs> right?
1: Like
0: <laughs> every single job is available to
1: you. Would yeah, it be got, the Packers? Yeah. I got the opportunity to play with, you know, the all great. greatest of all time Tom and to be able to play with a guy like Aaron yeah. Rodgers, who's next to being one of the greatest of all time as well, would have been a cool thing to do as well. And I played college ball in Wisconsin. So to be able to play in front of Wisconsin fans again, would be really cool.
0: The uh, Bucks yesterday against the Packers. Did you keep a close eye on that one? Do you do you follow Brady? You know, maybe more closely than some other people because of your relationship with him.
1: Most definitely, his games are always going to be on TV because of who he is. They always play in prime time, so always I'm always tuned in. Obviously, they had a rough offensive game. The Packers did too. Um, he's missing all of his receivers. So I wasn't expecting him to make some heroic effort, but he You're stole, talking about Brady? Yeah. You could be talking
0: about either of yeah, them. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Either
1: one of them. But he still drove his team down, got the touchdown. They just couldn't get the two-point conversion. But you can obviously see on the two-point conversion, they were a lot of confusion with some new guys being in the huddle and set themselves back. And obviously they couldn't get it from there. But tough game for both offenses.
0: Were you like the rest of us, where when um, Tom Brady got the ball back with three minutes left, down eight points, I I was like, well, 100% touchdown. Like, they <laughs> yep. have done anything offensively yeah. for the entire game, but we and, know and that did. they're going to score on this drive, <laughs> and he, and he right? It. Yeah,
1: if, it, if they're able to keep the game close and he has the ball in his hands, at that point in the game, yes. I'm like, okay, they can win the football game. They were still down eight points or whatever. So they had to get a two-point conversion. And once they got backed up, it's like, kind of hard to convert, convert a two-point converge from there. What,
0: what changes on a drive like that for him? Because clearly it's not just like, oh, he's clutch. He would he could do that on every drive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's something that shifts though. And I wondered at that moment, I was like, I think we're going to see a lot of Fournette. We might see a lot of Gage. Like on this drive, I wonder if he's going to the guys that he just knows can get it done. Or, like, or does he not change in that way? And he just is still reading the defense and going where the, uh, what, what is it?
1: He's still going to read it out and find the open guy. I think it's just like, this is all I got right here. This is the final drive of the game. I have to be laser focused and I can do it for one drive with the guys I have, no matter who's out there. He's going to find the open guy, get it there. And he's just done it countless, countless times. I think everybody knows if he gets the ball with a minute left, a minute, 30 left, two minutes, and he's down whatever, three, six, seven points, he's going to find a way to score a touchdown. I think this is his mindset. Everything. That happened prior to that to that drive is it's a race like i'm laser focused on this yeah. all i have to do is get my field get get my team down the field on this drive i can execute this one time and we can get it done and he just finds a way to make it happen every time
0: can you sense a shift in the huddle or like what is it like to be around him in those moments
1: i think you just know the standard that he has for himself and the expectation that he has for himself and when you step in the a huddle with a guy like that, you have ultimate confidence because you've seen everybody. I mean, most guys in the huddle with them growing up (laughs) watching them. So they've seen it (laughs) countless times. So you're like, man, if I just do my job, we can win this game. Just just this one drive. Like, forget what I did prior to this. Let's just make it happen and we can win the game. So I think that's just what all what it's all about.
0: That drive in the Super Bowl where uh, you were the guy that he went to in those moments. I mean, is is that like uh, the best moment of
1: your life It's definitely one of them definitely one of the best moments for my i mean kids sleep. marriage yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah, let's yeah. tap the yeah, office spaces yeah, yeah, that we yeah, need to yeah. so that nobody yeah. gets in trouble patriot way right <laughs> no, don't, no, the, don't the create unnecessary the problems hus- the, the husband way <laughs> <laughs> no the husband way that's definitely my favorite game of my career just to have an opportunity to perform like that and you know, on center stage when everybody's watching. it's definitely a special feeling for me. I always said if I got the opportunity to play in a game like that, I was going to do whatever it took to help my team win. And it just so happened we went down by that many points and I happened to be on the field that much. I was exhausted, but I found a way. just trying to find ways to, to help my team. Just inch and scratch and claw to get back in. And we got closer and closer and we were able to do it.
0: 14 catches or was it 14 yeah, catches or four, yeah, 14, yeah yeah 14 yeah. catches catches <laughs> <Yeah>. I, should, <laughs> I, should have, I should have
1: had 15 I dropped one
0: <laughs> oh well we don't need to focus on that because you didn't you didn't drop the one that mattered you have the only walk-off touchdown in Super Bowl history that's a pretty cool thing to it have is, to your credit
1: it's pretty weird to think about us I mean it still almost seems kind of surreal to me um like I said I've watched the replay a few times things of that nature but it's it's cool to see something i can brag to my kids about when they get older they can understand football a little bit more it's going to be be funny to explain to them
0: okay no just you and me talking here you should have been the mvp right
1: <laughs> i could have been <laughs> 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 i could have been you know tom threw for like 500 yards and a bunch of touchdowns too so
0: but how many attempts? I mean, yeah. like, if we really break this down, like, how impressive was it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like
1: I said, it's a toss-up. He could have won, I could have won it. I'm happy we won the Super Bowl. That's, that's what matters most. I think the thing about it, like, I don't need the the trophy to kind of signify how I played in the game. I think I myself know how I played. I think everybody else knows how I played, too. I think that's what's going to stick with everybody.
0: Certainly Patriots fans in particular, uh, most definitely know about the Patriots game yesterday. I told you I wanted to talk about the the specific matchup against Baltimore because I thought it was very interesting from a from a Patriots defensive standpoint. One of the things that jumped out at me uh, is really linked to how the the Ravens are running their offense this year, which I think is incredibly interesting with the specific talent they have um, in the backfield at at quarterback um, they hardly threw to wide receivers yesterday that that their MO is just very different offensively than most NFL Mm -hmm. teams. They're throwing to tight ends regularly. They're throwing to running backs. They're throwing to a fullback for crying out (laughs) loud. Um, They only targeted wide receivers in yesterday's game seven times. Mm -hmm. uh, And that was out of 29 pass attempts. The thing that jumps out at me is that we all know they want to get the ball to Mark Andrews right? Like he's targeted 13 times. He's the main guy in that offense. That's not named Lamar Jackson. Um, how does he have any success?
1: I think everybody's so focused on Lamar Jackson It's it's hard. You can't try and take away Mark Andrews when you're trying to stop a Lamar Jackson run game Him throwing the ball 60 yards down the field to Rashad Bateman or DuVernay or James Prosh. So it's hard. It's when you have a quarterback like that, you, you're so laser focused on him. Just, you got to hope your guys hold up in zone coverage or one-on-one coverage because you drop seven, eight guys and you got Lamar Jackson back there who can extend in the pocket and throw the ball down the field, or he can just escape the pocket and run for 60 yards down the field. So it's kind of pick your poison. I thought, you know, our guys were in – I keep saying our guys, like I'm still playing. I thought the Patriots were in good position on most of the catches, even, you know, Devin McCourty on the touchdown. He was in pretty good – position to break up the pass, could have been pass interference. If, I'm sure they would have threw the flag if he didn't catch the ball and threw pass interference, but he was in good position on most plays, and he's got to find a way to knock the ball down or just make it tough on him. I think that's what guys try and do when they face a guy like Lamar Jackson. There's there's no stopping him. You just got to make it hard on him.
0: So if you're building a defense from scratch, specifically to stop Lamar Jackson, how, what, what does that defense look like?
1: Gonna have a lot of speed on the field because he can. He's got to get away from ninety-nine percent of your defensive linemen, probably ninety percent of your linebackers. He's and it's hard for those smaller secondary defenders to get a guy like that down in the open field. So you're gonna have a lot of speed on the field. You're gonna have got to have guys who can cover, and you got to be able to try and close the pocket on him so he can't escape it. It's, it's hard. I mean, everybody's trying to do it and nobody. <laughs> seem to do it. I'm not, I don't have the answers for sure. <laughs> but,
0: is that an option yeah. that you specifically don't want to be a part of as a running back? I asked you earlier, which one you would choose. Is that, is that a particularly no, tough one? No,
1: no. Going back to that question. I, I, I would want to play for the Ravens for, for really? me, honestly, because when you have a, a threat like that at the quarterback position, I think it opens it up more for a running back because the defense is so focused on him. It opens up some running lanes. I know they haven't had necessarily the explosive games for a running back just yet, but thinking about it in previous years, their running game was was really, really effective. It could be the offensive line because the offensive line doesn't look as dominant as in years past. So that could be somewhat of an issue because the Patriots create a lot of pressure on them. I think they, teachers wise, had like three sacks in the first half. So that could be an issue with their running game, but I mean, he seems to not be faced by. It. He's still getting his yards rushing and his yards passing, so he's not. It's not slowing him down much.
0: What do you make of the Jaguars?
1: I I personally said I, I went on get up, you know, a few weeks ago, and I said the Jaguars were going to be a surprise team just because. You know, I was always a big fan of Trevor Lawrence when he was at Clemson and. He's just one of those guys who has extreme talent and I know the whole Urban Meyer situation didn't didn't help his development in his rookie year so I'm sure they're glad to get him out of there get you know Doug Peterson in there like, more offensive minded coach and you can see that it's starting to shift a little bit he's kind of seeing those Clemson days come back a little bit he's making those throws making those pretty passes and they have. Two good backs too, James Robinson at ETN. They have a good receiving core. Their defense is pretty young, and I think as long as that defense plays pretty well, I think they're they're going to hold their own, especially in that division. It's kind of a toss up.
0: Makes a big difference, I would imagine, for players knowing that you're well taken care of (laughs) from a coaching standpoint. Do you know what I mean? Like not to like get into the urban stuff, but like you know, there got to be a point last season where you're like. I don't know that we're being put in the best position to succeed. You having played for Bill Belichick, your (laughs) whole career, clearly you had the luxury (laughs) of playing with that knowledge. Every time you stepped on the field.
1: I think it's a respect thing. I think as a coach, you have to earn your respect and the players have to respect you and the players want respect from their coach. I think when that's lost, it's kind of hard when you don't trust your coach, you don't believe in your coach. I mean, how can you, (laughs) how can you execute? How can you succeed when, you know, things aren't, working from the top so it's yeah. gonna dwindle down it's gonna affect the team you're not gonna be able to succeed that guys aren't gonna want to practice guys aren't gonna wanna play for a coach like that so it, it makes it a hundred times more difficult
0: confidence confidence is just so huge i mean it's yeah. an intangible and there are other things that clearly factor into it, but if you step on the field i mean football is like it's a mentality game right yeah. like yeah. you got to step out there and be like i i can be this guy i'm gonna bring it to you you know what yeah. i mean that's like that's developed, it feels like.
1: Yeah. You gotta have the mindset from the start. And I think like I said, when there's issues coming from the the head coach position as a rookie quarterback, I mean, that's <laughs> it's tough. It's already gonna be a long year for you. And you you add the drama having to answer questions about you know, the relationship between your coach and what's going on here, this and that, it's, it becomes draining. And like I said it was it was hard to watch, you know, Trevor Lawrence play last year. He had like more interceptions than touchdowns, which everybody knows he's more than capable of playing better than that. So I think he's out there to prove what he can do this year.
0: So is it fair to say that the Jags are kind of your sleeper pick Yeah, that's this year? They're my That's, sleeper pick for sure. Okay. Cause mine is the lions. So yeah. I, I can relate like, you know, you just, but for a lot of the reasons that I just talked about, like, I think that Dan Campbell has infused that type of commonness. Uh, He's been very purposeful in terms of building the culture there in Detroit in ways that seem pretty obvious from the outside. Now he has made some coaching mistakes <laughs> in terms of game management. Like uh, yesterday was not so great in terms of uh The 54 (laughs) yard field goal attempt (laughs) on a fourth and four at the Vikings 36 with a buck 14 left and a three point lead. Oh, yeah, James, I love yeah. me some Dan Campbell, but I was like, dude, even if you make it, you're up yeah, six yeah, and you give them the store. ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know. I don't yeah. even know. There was some yeah. talk this past week about um, Nathaniel Hackett in Denver yeah. and the fact that they gave him sort of a game day management type yeah. of coach. And he got just ragged on. Like people yeah. were like, this is such a bad look. This is so embarrassing to me. I think
1: it's humble, it was humbling for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but also it, but also, So humbling, but also humble. And I yeah. think that that is important because these young coaches, I think more of them should step forward and say, like, I, I want that milk. right out of the yeah. gate because mm. they can all use them. We see that happen across the board, yeah. young coaches making that mistake. Like Dan Campbell, again, mm. you know, did that. And, it, and, you know, the second he walked off the field, he was like, that was yeah, so yeah, dumb. Yeah. And you know that it's dumb, but somebody who's sitting at home on their couch with no pressure whatsoever, doing the math in their head with nothing else coming out. into their head. <laughs> These Coaches have so much information flying around, like to have someone who can remain calm and be like,
1: you should punt. Yeah. You should go for it. Yeah. You
0: know, whatever. Like yeah. there's something to that.
1: Yeah. I think every coach should have that because there's so much going on in the game. You worry about the offense, you worry about the defense, you worry about clock management, you worry about this and that. But people arguing on the side, you're arguing with the rest. There's so much going on during the game to have somebody who, you know, can be in your ear at whatever certain points during the game, whether you should go for two, whether you should kick here, whether you should punt here, let you know how much time is left and things of that nature. I think every coach should have that because it makes the flow of the game a little bit easier. And if Mm -hmm. if you don't necessarily agree with what they're saying and that's fine too. So, but as long as you have somebody in your ear trying to help you out, I think two voices are better than one and kind of helps yeah. you consolidate things. But mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it was good to see, you know, him make that decision. Obviously they still have other issues going on with that offense. They can't quite seem to get a rhythm for whatever reason, when they have all the pieces in place, I think to be a pretty good the offense. Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos do. I think they. Did you I think, think, they, they think they that this was going to
0: be a good offense?
1: I thought so. I mean, they had the receiving core. You got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, you got two backs, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. Then you got Russell and the offensive line was pretty good last year. So I thought they would kind of hit the ground running. They didn't play any preseason games together. So maybe that had a little bit of an effect to it. I don't know. I don't know where there's play calling. Russell doesn't look very comfortable back there either. So it's a, it's a little bit of everything out there. I don't know quite what it is and even his clock Nathaniel Hackett's clock management has been somewhat of an issue too so they got will get a lot of things figured out especially if they want to be competitive in that division I know they're still in good position they've won the last two games but nothing's been very convincingly doesn't look very promising when you're watching the games there it's, it's kind of hard to watch because you expect to see like the Russell Wilson that we've know come accustomed to seeing in seattle making those shots down the field making those extending those plays and you know helping this offense you know be explosive and they really haven't been so hopefully they can kind of get it going because they have the pieces um got to figure that out sooner than later let me
0: get your take on that backfield because uh you've got javante williams you've got melvin gordon i always contend like So much of football fandom is now driven by fantasy. Fantasy, I think people who look at it, they want to see one person, a (laughs) hundred percent. So, but, but that's not what we're seeing actual NFL teams do most of the time. Right. Like the jets bring in Brees hall. And I, I was like, Michael Carter's pretty good. Like we're just going to throw him away and he's young. Like it doesn't make any sense that the second that we bring in a younger running back, we become so enamored with it that we want to throw the other guy away. Mm. And we want clarity from a (laughs) fantasy standpoint. What is your take on the
1: most touches? (laughs) What is
0: the ideal backfield? What does it look like in terms of uh, one guy, two guys, multiple guys? What, what is
1: ideal? I think you gotta have two or three guys who are fully capable of, possibly carrying the load I think you have to have two guys who are pretty good talents that can possibly do the exact same thing or they do two different things I like what uh, Green Bay does with A.J. Dillon and and Aaron Jones you got two different body types a guy who can ground and pound it got a guy who's explosive he can he can run between the tackles too he can catch the ball in the backfield I think it's great because the defense has to know who's in the backfield Aaron Jones comes in the game, they may treat it differently than when AJ Dillon's in the game, or you throw both of them in the backfield. They got to figure out how they want to play it. I think it's best to have at least two, maybe three guys who can, you know, effectively change the game.
0: What do you make of uh, the Colts at this point in the season? One, one and one. And just one of the, that, that loss was, you know, so yeah. bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just so bad. Sky is falling material right against a Jacksonville Jaguar squad that we've now established Mm-hmm. is better than I think a lot of people yeah. expect it to be. This isn't like the Jaguars of old that they went yeah. to Jacksonville and they got stomped by an incredibly bad team. This is a good team, but um, it feels very dependent on a handful of people yeah. maybe.
1: I honestly don't know what to think of the Colts. Even last year when they had to play the Jaguars to get into the playoffs and they they didn't win it last year. It's, it's like one of those teams are just, just so hit or miss, but I think they could be a very good football team. I think they have a really good defense and they've had it for a past few years. I think it's heavily dependent on Matt Ryan in that passing game. I know they have Michael Pittman. I think they just have to find a second and third guy to, you know, get those, get those catches for him because that receiving core hasn't hasn't been looking too good to me. I know they have JT. I love him. He's, he's great, but they're going to have to, take some of the load off them. He can't get those 30 carries a game and have to rush for 180 to to win the football game because they've seen it. That doesn't necessarily result in them winning the football game. So you have a back like that. You have a, a pretty good quarterback in Matt Ryan I think you got to find ways to create some plays down the field because defenses are going to stack the box and stop Jonathan Taylor. So it should I would think it would create easy access throws for guys down the middle of the field or on the outside. So I think they got to get some more production out of their receiving core.
0: Last question for you about another running back, near and dear to my heart, as I am now this season a Chargers fan. <laughs> um, uh, Austin Eckler, mm-hmm. his usage this year. I know he talked a little bit in the off season, There was talk about maybe wanting a little bit less volume so that he mm. could you Last know stay year. healthy yeah. and and really still be fresh for a playoff push. I don't know if I love a game plan where he's getting four rush attempts.
1: Four, yeah, four? Not...
0: four for five. Like what? Yeah. Cause to a degree, you, you need to develop some sort of yeah. a rhythm. I had yeah. him on a radio show that I do. And I was like, how many carries do you need, you know, to get yeah. into a rhythm? And he was like one, I'm ready all the time, <laughs> which is by the way, <laughs> a not, great answer. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, not I don't all. know if that's, it's accurate. That's, that's not
1: true whatsoever. <laughs> but I think a guy like that should get at least, 15 to 20 touches the game, whether it's 15 carries, five catches. He's a guy who can score any point he touches the football. So I think they got to do a better job of using them, not just handing it to him, splitting them out wide, throwing screens to him, moving them around, just get the ball in his hands. and know they've been missing Keenan Allen the past few weeks. So, you know, line him up and receive a little bit more. Just find a way to get the ball in his hands. And he's one of those – best running backs in the league. I, I call him the touchdown machine last year. It seemed like every time he touched it, he scored a touchdown. So he's got to find a way to, to get it to him as much as possible.
0: Okay, I said last question. I lied. <laughs> should they have played Herbert yesterday?
1: No, <laughs> I, I don't think so. The way he was moving on that field versus the Chiefs the other week, I I thought he should miss at least one or two games or however long it needs to take for him to you know feel better. I, I hate to see guys you know try and quote-unquote tough it out when down the line, it's going to feel like it's going to affect you. Maybe, maybe not even this year, but some, somewhere down the line, I think guys got to do a better job of being smart and doing what's right for their bodies. It's, it's hard to watch guys, you know, gimping out there looking, looking beat up for sure. I think he should have, he shouldn't have played.
0: Staley said after the game, like it might be a while before he is good and yeah. maybe that's what factored into their decision. Like if it's not a game or two until he's back to being himself and they have built themselves, uh, I think that they think that they've built a squad that can go for it this year. So you can't afford to sit him out for too many games. My guess yeah. is that there's some that's part of their yeah, that, calculus I right think, now.
1: I think that's that's some of it because they have a on paper, they have a really good football team everybody had high expectations for them to make it to the Super Bowl and possibly win it. But at the same time, that's your your franchise quarterback and you're willing to <laughs> Do all that to possibly mess him up for a year or two? Like, is that really worth it, or do you sit him out a few weeks and maybe possibly he feels a a little bit better and then he can finish the season out strong? Type of thing. I don't know. It's it's a tough decision. I know it's not easy and it's hard when the guy himself, if Justin's like, I I really want to play, then it's kind of hard to tell him no as well. So, have you ever
0: have you ever had an injury like that, rib cartilage?
1: No, I've never had a rib injury at all. So I've. I was fairly lucky when it came to injuries aside from fracturing my hip, which is (laughs) quite the, one of the worst things. (laughs) Lucky, 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 very unlucky. Yeah, yeah. so. (laughs) It caught
0: up with you. Yeah, it
1: caught up with me being, I always prided myself on not being able or not being in the training room. I tried to stay away from the training room as much as possible, but obviously it's uncontrollable. Uh, Some guys get hurt more than others, just the way some people's bodies work. But I can imagine going through, Rib injuries and things like that. I've seen guys deal with it. I've seen guys play through it. I know, like Julian Edelman, he's messed up his ribs like a few years ago, and just seeing him every time he gets hit, it's just like like crunching over and like just looks extremely painful. I know quarterback, you don't get hit quite as much, but
0: no, but your torso is you're
1: torquing every time you throw the ball. So I know it's painful every time he throws it. So I don't know. It's 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 a hard decision to make. I think they're really. I know they were thinking they had high Super Bowl and playoff expectations. I think that's a, a big thing for it. And I think without him, those chances kind of go down a little bit. So it's going to be hard for them to sit him out.
0: Okay. Now, last question <laughs> Is there a running back out there? Put one on my radar who has particularly impressed you this season?
1: Ooh, DeAndre Swift. Uh, he's a guy, his first or second year quite wasn't the greatest but I think this year he's came in you know ready to attack he's running the ball he's catching it making guys miss I know people were kind of doubting him a little bit but I think they added some pieces to their offense some receivers I think they're th- that team as a whole has gotten more confidence I think Dan Campbell's done a great job of trying to instill in, in those guys because I know a lot of guys are writing the lines out completely but Jared Goss look pretty good so far i think he's done a great job this season i hope he continues to do well and looks like he's going to be finishing maybe the top five in russian or something like that i hope he continues to do great
0: A. who are these people writing off the lions <laughs> uh, i might need to have a conversation with them, that's my other squad and b did you watch any hard knocks
1: i didn't i didn't get to watch any of it this year no
0: okay then that was probably good because you came in high on swift and you stayed high on swift. I was high on swift and then I watched some hard knocks and it scared me because they kept telling him to, to go inside, go inside, go inside. He kept bouncing outside. And I was like, he doesn't even see where the holes are. <laughs> like, he's too too far along in his career. Like it put all of this weird stuff in my head and he's then try, week he's one, to boom, boom, he's, it's fine. Tr-
1: <laughs> he's fine. He's fine, he's fine. No, I've been impressed with him and I hope he keeps up the great work for sure.
0: James, you're awesome. Thank you so much. This has been fun.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And you can find more from James on Twitter at SweetFeet_White. underscore White. How about that handle? That is a good one. My handle, if you have any thoughts about the show, always open to hearing them. Love hearing your thoughts. Lindsay underscore Rhodes on Twitter. I'm Lindsay Rhodes, NFL on Insta. Quick follow up. On White's favorite back, DeAndre Swift, he might not be able to see him for a while. Apparently, he suffered a shoulder sprain on Sunday. It is not expected to require surgery, according to Tom Pellicero, but Dan Campbell says that he could possibly benefit from taking the next two weeks off to help the shoulder heal. So that would mean that he would miss the Seahawks game and the Patriots game. They've got a bye after that, and then we would likely see him next against Dallas on October 23rd. So... If you have him in fantasy, he's available in 56% of ESPN leagues and 39% of leagues on Yahoo. Also in the running back injury department, David Montgomery, day to day with an ankle injury, uh, asked if he would rule out an IR stint. Iberflus said on Monday that he didn't want to comment. So, you can consider Khalil Herbert a great addition to your fantasy rosters as well. Coming off a 157-yard rushing performance against Houston with two touchdowns, he's available in 75% of ESPN leagues somehow, 52% on Sleeper, and 51% available on Yahoo. Hope you enjoyed the show today. We're back on Wednesday with more. In the meantime, if you have a sec to hit that five-star button or subscribe so you're sure to have Wednesday's show waiting for you in your feed, that would be great. As for today's show, want to thank Brady Gardner for filling in as producer for our regular producer, Andrew Emmer, who is out for Rosh Hashanah, Shanatova. The NFL Roadshow is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you again on Wednesday.
1: Series XM Podcasts.